your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and what you're about to hear is a live Locker Room episode with me and Tommy. Now, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room, so download the app and join me and Tommy later on this week to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. Now, you guys can listen to a live broadcast with me and Tommy. So it was our pregame coverage for the upcoming Blues versus Golden Knights game. So, yeah, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. All right. Our first our first uh, conjoined locker room. This is great. Yeah, this is amazing. It's kind of sick, honestly. I want to get I, some of these gems. They look nasty. Uh, I got I got four gems. How many you got? We got one gems. I can Brutal. do better than that. Brutal. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Uh, are you looking forward to tonight's game, Josh? I'm looking forward to tonight's game. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to have it on in the background. You know? So I'll be, I'll be checking in every once in a while. There you go. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the whole thing, to be honest. If it no, if it goes any way like it – yeah, if it goes any way like it did last game. They got to be pissed at themselves. There's no way that we see a repeat performance. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I thought after the Colorado game. Like losing – not even getting a chance to get a point with 40 seconds left, that's kind of – this feels about as like die hard as it comes, you know. So I was expecting like a big response against Vegas, who was I think they lost their last three games before they uh, faced off against us, and then they come out and just lay an absolute egg and lose six to one. So I genu- I don't know what to expect tonight, but I uh, hopefully for some reason practicing at Centene instead of Enterprise will somehow shift the <laughs> shift the entire universe, and this team will end up. Right back where they're supposed to be. What was it called? Like the the, the change that they, that Craig Bruby made or whatever. I didn't read that article. But was that what? It, was that the big change? I think so. They or practiced least, well, somewhere else. Yeah, they practiced it at the practice arena instead of like the actual arena. Which I don't I don't know if that has to do with our horrific they... losing streak or our horrific um, home record because they're both bad. But <laughs> do they not? Just, I don't normally, know. Do they not normally practice at the practice arena? I don't think so. I think they yeah, normally yeah. practice on the on the game ice. Well, then what's 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 the point of having a practice arena? I think it's for like the days when they're not playing. Oh, like, like on game days. You they, mean like yeah. pregame skates? Uh, yeah, like on okay. game days they always practice on the enterprise ice. If I'm well, not mistaken. Whatever it is, it's been causing them to play like crap, or at least in Craig Bruby's eyes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like. I, there's a lot of things to be upset about with this team, but I feel like one of the biggest ones is like, because even back, even, and well, also just like Under Armour's uh, slogan for the longest time is like protect your house. Right. So it was like a big thing in like football oh, yeah. and like the end zones and stuff. And it's like, what's our record at home? I don't even want to know. I don't, I don't want to know either, but it's not great. And even dating back to like um, when we won the Stanley cup, like we played better away than we did home. So it's not mm-hmm. even like it's a this season just sucks and like oh, we just suck at home because we suck this season. Like it's been a consistent issue and I don't understand how or why because it, it dated back to like Mike Yo too. So it's like is it like the players that are just like, yeah, they're kind of just like shooting the shit at home and don't really care. And then when they're in away games, they're like, oh, like unfriendly confines. We really got to take it. I don't know. It's just weird. Whole thing's weird. Yeah, four nine at four or four nine and four from the from at home this season. 
Um, so not I'm a like good one seven or something in our last yeah. seven. Yeah. Some so stupid... four, essentially four and 13, you know, four overtime losses. That's great. But at the end of the day, four and 13 in your home barn in a season yeah. with no, in a season with no fans. Like I almost feel like that's, I don't even want to say more of a home ice advantage, but like, come on now. Like it, it, it every other team, if you look like in the division is dominant at home. If you look at Vegas, Minnesota, um, and Colorado, they're all like so good at home, and and to have just to be the team that is not only not about not about five hundred at home is to be that bad at home. It's like it's like you're dropping the ball so much. They're 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 not free points, but you should never be winning only thirty three percent of your games at home. That's so bad. Yeah, and I think that's a big reason why a lot of people are telling the Blues that they should be selling at the deadline is because that's. It's one of the big differences between like the powerhouse teams and the Stanley Cup contenders and a team like St. Louis is like taking you take advantage of home ice advantage. Uh, Vegas does it, like you said, Colorado does it, and the Blues just haven't done it for the last almost like year and a half now, two years now. So I I don't know what's gonna happen at the deadline, but I know that for sure Doug Armstrong's not gonna just sit back and do nothing and keep this team the way it is, especially if they lose tonight, especially if they lose these next couple of games leading up to Monday. I don't see Doug Armstrong being happy with the way this team is playing at all, especially when he's supposed to be in a Stanley Cup window. I think until two thousand and twenty three. So I think bringing in a guy I said this on the on the last podcast, but bringing in a guy like Rasmus for Stalina, I think would help this team's chances a lot this season. I think Taylor Hall bringing him in would help this team's chances a lot, maybe in years to come. Like if he comes in as a rental and he's like, oh, like this is actually pretty sick. I could see myself <laughs> playing here. You know what That's I'm saying? Big That's a big I, yeah. I know, I know, but I'm just saying like I, he's at such a low price right now. I think the seasons before he was in Buffalo, he was averaging point per game, even with his injury and all that stuff. So uh, you could potentially get a premier player in the NHL for cheap if you want to take a gander down that road. Uh, Doug Armstrong kind of, I don't know, I feel like he's not afraid to make waves. Then he, he did it when he let Alex Petrangelo walk. He did it when he traded for Ryan O'Reilly. He did it when he traded Paul Stastny at the deadline. So I, I would not be surprised to see something big happen this trade deadline. Whether it's Taylor Hall, whether it's Ristolainen, whether it's us selling a guy like Jaden Schwartz, because they were talking about moving mm-hmm. um, pend- pending UFA contract. So, God, I'm just yeah, I, I'm I mean, anxious to see what's going to happen. Uh, that's the report that came out. I think what today that they were looking to move on from, not looking to move on, but potentially shopping yeah. our UFAs. So that's Bozak, Schwartz, and Hoffman. And honestly, especially keeping the expansion draft in mind, like. Those are guys that you could argue, even if you bring back, they're either going to A, be exposed in the expansion draft, or B, bump someone else out and be exposed in the expansion draft. So it, it, it kind of, I don't, I hate to say makes sense, but if Doug Armstrong doesn't necessarily think this team is capable of winning a Stanley Cup this year, which to be, to be fair, they haven't really shown much of a sign of, of convincing him otherwise, I could definitely see him trying to say, you know what? We've, we, we saw how moving on from a really important player uh, and having him walk away for nothing can really hurt this team, a.k.a. Alex Petrangelo. Not that he ever would have traded him, but 
you know, maybe learning from his mistakes with, with a guy like Petrangelo or a guy like Jake Allen and say, we're not winning anything this year. We're going to lose them regardless of whether or not they want to resign because we're going to lose someone in the expansion draft. So let's free up some cap space. Let's get maybe some, some youth that will automatically be protected in the expansion draft or some draft picks or something. But I agree. I think Doug Armstrong is, is, is not afraid to take big risks. And I also think that his credibility is in question right now because of the underperformance of this team. So I would not be surprised to see a big move happen in the deadline, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see nothing happen at the deadline. All right. Awesome stuff there. This episode is brought to you guys by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for locked on blues once a week. Yes. You can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start ordering conversations about the league. You will have a chance to chat with me and Tommy. You might even have a chance to be featured on the Locker Room Blues podcast through the Locker Room Conversations. Be sure to join me this week and next week to join us on Locker Room. Go to go download the Locker Room app now, currently available on all, all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest updates. Follow me at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. When our room goes live, I know you don't want to miss it. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Blues. See you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. And this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. you got 18 amazing flavors, including six classics, or six brand new ones, sorry, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, plus the originals such as orange, double chocolate, mint brownie, banana bread, peanut butter, and so many more. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And the best part is they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. They're low, su- low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for someone on a diet. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we'll be right back with the second half of this locker room broadcast. Like, you can't just keep this team the same way it is right now and be like, oh, like, they'll figure it out and, like, turn it around. I don't know. I I, I think Doug Armstrong has said in the past, like, he always lets the team dictate what he's going to do at the deadline. And if he had to make that decision today, that dictation Good. by the team would be uh, sell because this team's nowhere near close to playoff contention. So I, I, I don't know if they're, like, in the middle or what, but, like, I, I just don't see – standing around and doing nothing being beneficial either way for this team. No, I, um, but, lo- but going along the same lines of what you were saying, I think um, that whole thing kind of de- di- directly, uh, I guess, is pointed towards, like, Jaden Schwartz, right? So if you look at yep. his, like, UFA and, like, di- let's uh, like let's say hypothetically they trade Jaden Schwartz at the deadline, they could obviously – go back after him in free agency. And what's a bigger wake-up call to your team than getting rid of a guy like Jaden Schwartz and be like, everyone else has to figure it out because you don't have Jaden Schwartz anymore to rely on to be the engine of this team, to be the workhorse that we all know he is night in and night out. I I feel like a lot of the guys on the team are just relying on other people to pick it up or hanging their head when they make mistakes, what have you. So I think – something that drastic would really like flip the switch for a lot of players and be like, Oh shit. Like they are not happy with us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. And the other thing being the impending expansion draft, like nobody's, nobody's safe right now, regardless of, I mean, yeah, maybe if your name is Jaden Schwartz, Mike Hoffman or Tyler Bozak, you got a little bit more motivation because you got a contract expiring, but like, Mm -hmm. I'd say uh, there's only a handful of guys that I would, would 
protect a hundred times out of a hundred as they're, they're playing right now. I don't know if we need to get into that right now. That could be a discussion for down the line, but these guys are playing for their jobs in St. Louis. You know, they, they, this has been an extremely disappointing season and I've seen all sorts of names of guys that players want, that, that people on, on Twitter and stuff want to leave unprotected. And, and if management has even the slightest bit of, of similar thinking there, we could see some surprising names available for Seattle to, to take because of this disappointing season. And I, I mean, I don't want to necessarily say these guys don't want to go to Seattle, but I think, I don't know, a guy like Vince Dunn or Tory Krug or even Vladimir Tarasenko, I've seen his name tossed around as guys people want to leave un- un- unprotected. Like those are guys that you would never imagine would be left off, would be on that list uh, heading into this season. So if, if they got any dignity, I, I think that they, they want to p- pick up their play, not just those guys that I named, but the team as a whole. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Blues fans just being mad at the fact that uh, this team is just in shambles right now. Because I don't – and to be fair, I've we've seen the Tarasenko stuff thrown around all season long, especially with the shoulder injury and stuff. But, I mean, the guy's like a cornerstone of your franchise. He's been the face of it for I don't know how long. So I don't see – I mean – Doug Armstrong's all about making big plays and shocking shocking the nation, but I genuinely don't see him exposing Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, I can tell you with 100%, well, probably not 100% because anything's possible, but 95% certainty that Tory Krug is not going to be left unexposed, um, or left exposed, sorry, just because, like, if you're in Doug Armstrong's shoes, right, and everyone is basically belittling you online for letting – Alex Petrangelo, 10-year 10 10 year veteran for the St. Louis Blues, led him to a Stanley Cup, captain, walk in the offseason, and then you bring in Tory Krug to kind of be his replacement. If you're exposing him in the expansion draft, you're basically saying, yeah, I took the L on that one, and this is my way of trying to, like, trying to adjust the team in accordance to that, right? I don't think – one, I don't think Doug Armstrong ever admits any of his Ls. He just moves them on to a different team in the form of a W. We saw that with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. But, and so That's very true. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think he's just going to be like, yep, you know what? Cut my losses here. Let's just expose them and let them get rid of him in the Seattle draft. I, that just doesn't seem like a Doug Armstrong move to me. And as we all know, Doug Armstrong reads Blue's Twitter before he makes any of his moves. So... He has a burner, apparently. Oh yeah, it, it's it's me. It's my no, account. I I I forget what uh podcast he was on, but he did say he does have a Twitter account. So That's awesome. Yeah, kind of wild. You think he, you think he follows us? Dude, I don't want to think about it to be honest. I said some choice words when Petrangelo walked. I, I don't know. He probably doesn't like me very he much. He might have blocked does. you. You might be, <laughs> he you might have, be blocked on Doug Armstrong. He might have replied to the tweet and been like, "I don't know, man. This guy knows what he's doing." I mean, all right, I'm going to ask you a, a big question that that, okay. that it's great that we're live, um, so, so you can't even like edit it to sound like you know the answer because it's, I don't think the answer is really possible. But who, mm-hmm. who, who has the most blame for the Blues not being in a playoff spot right now? If you, not, I don't want to say name one person, but is it front office? Is it the players? Is it coaching? What do you think it is? I mean, because they I, should not I don't be think it, five right. points out of a playoff spot right now. I completely agree. I don't think from the press conferences that I've heard with Craig Berube, it doesn't sound like he's just out there not trying anything. And from putting the lines in a blender every night to trying everything on the power play, uh, what's 
but I still stand by putting Mike Hoffman on the first unit. That should have happened. But basically everything else on the power play, um, uh, dude, I I think the front office when you when we looked at we looked at it together, the roster at the beginning of the season, we're like this team should be Stanley Cup contender. The fact that they're not in that position isn't the front office's fault because they're it's their job to build the team and construct the team, which they did, that they thought would be a winning product, and it's just not. So I think it just comes down to the players not executing. Um, Craig Berube called them mentally soft the other day. I think that's a massive problem because, we. I mean, when you look at the Stanley Cup run and the hand pass and everything that happened that season, going from worst in the league to first, that has to be mental strength through and through that entire run. Um, and not just going worst to first, but like that entire playoff run, every single one was a battle, was a gauntlet, like seven games against Dallas. When Ben Bishop is putting up 50 saves and it seems like you just can't crack them, they just keep fighting, keep fighting. This team doesn't seem like they have the same fight, the same mentality. They make one mistake and it's in the back of the net. And I think that's the main difference between the Stanley Cup team and the team that we're watching right now. And that's why they're in the position that they're in. So I would say the players. All right. Good stuff there. Reminder: This episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. As long with MLB, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and that's promo code Locked On for a fifty percent welcome bonus along with your first deposit. And we'll be right back to wrap up this live broadcast of the Locked On Blues podcast. All right, here we got a speaker request. Let's let's let Joshua speak. Let's see. What's right, up? What, welcome, welcome. The floor hey, is thanks, Joshua. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, I think we can't forget something important too that this team has been seriously injured all year. I mean, I, granted they seem super soft right now, but these injuries that we've had, and I know we're getting more more and more healthy, but that has an effect. These guys have been out for so long, and they're just not in hockey shape. And I know that takes some some time too so I, I i do think that has something to do with this skid that we're on too and granted maybe not everything to do with it and i do think it falls on the players to have a next guy up mentality and pick up the guys who are out but you know ultimately we have had just an unbelievable amount of energy in- injuries also oh yeah i i said yeah. on the last podcast that we're gonna look back up this season even hopefully even next year but years down the line we're gonna look back at this season as a complete outlier you know, because I, I can't imagine we're going to be changing up the personnel on this team anytime soon. We've got a lot of big contracts locked up for a long time. Um, and I am still confident in those guys. And those are the guys that have been underperforming this year. So I think for everything you said, uh, Joshua, and plus, you know, just the COVID season in general, I, I think this is going to be a season we're going to look back and say, you know, we had the we had the roster, we had the personnel, but due to extenuating circumstances, couldn't get it done. Now, a lot of teams are dealing with, I mean, every team in the NHL is dealing with, you know, the, the d- different rules because of the pandemic. And, yeah, Blues have definitely been ravaged by injuries, but so have other teams. So the opportunity has still been there, but I think I don't think this season has much, much weight when it comes to the long-term success or the window of this team, if you want to call it. I think if this team falls to the bottom of the standings this year and, you know, miss the playoff by a lot, I think with, with minor changes, this team will be right back in the cup conversation next year. All right, we got two speaker requests. First, we got Austin and then Jason. So we'll let Austin go first. What's up, Austin? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know. You guys, you guys uh, touched on that big season where they went from last to first there. 
and obviously a, a heater that can't really be sustainable. But a big part of that I felt was Bennington and uh, how uh, he was putting up really good numbers and really an all-star there. And just his decline in this year, where do you guys think him um, leveling out? Or is this, uh, was that like a one-off for him or just thoughts on Bennington? Yeah, I will say I don't think it's a one-off for Bennington. Just I, I would say his play in the Stanley Cup run was extraordinary uh, by every stretch of the imagination. I mean, he was the first rookie goaltender to go on and win 16 straight games. Not straight games, but 16 games in the playoffs. Uh, historical numbers right there. But, I I mean, obviously, like you said, that kind of heater is not sustainable. And I think – Blues fans, maybe, but really just the Blues in general are expecting him to make saves that he shouldn't be expected to make. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. He's definitely let in a lot of softies this season, 100%. But the majority of the goals that have been scored on him, if you look at like the heat maps of every game, they're right on the doorstep. And it's because our defensemen aren't cleaning the crease and they're maybe undersized because a guy like Tory Krug is like 5'9". Mince Dunn's a little undersized. So it's more offensive skill-based on our defensive end as – I've been a lot of the years past that we've had in physicality and all those things. So I think that was a big part of the Stanley Cup run, like you said, riding the back of Jordan Bennington and his play. Uh, that one game gave me hope that Billy Huso could do it this year, and then next game the wheels fell off on that dream again. So uh, something's got to give here. If Jordan Bennington's not playing world-beater hockey like he did in 2019, then the defense has to step up, and they just haven't stepped up at all this season. I think Great. that's the problem. Right on, and, and I guess giving Petrolangelo up that he uh, guy that eats up half the game is is a big hit as well. Yeah, right. Uh, welcome, Jason. The floor is yours. Uh, first off, I've always loved your guys's podcast. Thank you, and that means a lot. Actually, thank you very much. Especially after what happened last year, which is still probably one of my more um, unforgettable games that I've ever witnessed. Yeah, what happened last year. Like that, yeah. that's something that you don't forget. Mm-hmm. But what I also will never forget is all the blues and ducks fans coming together last year on that makeup game. I saw a bunch of fans from both sides. They were just like shaking hands, like be like, you know what? Like th- this game is for Jay. Like this game's for him. You had the team store. They donated all their money to the hospital where he was at. Like that was cool. So there is such a mutual respect for you guys and for the blues in general. Yeah, uh, thank you. We appreciate that. Um, I right. think it goes back. I think that goes back to something Tommy and I talk about a lot, and it's something that's easy to forget. Is at the end of the day, these guys are human beings. You know, these players are humans, and and also like it's like you said, fellow fans are humans. Like it's it's so, it's so much fun to go on Twitter and talk shit and oh, you know, your team sucks or whatever. Even like us hosts back and forth, and like even the players, like <laughs> oh, do your job. Why didn't you shoot that? But like at the end of the day, especially a moment like that, something so humbling and terrifying it really reminds us of what i don't know it not to be too cliche but what hockey's all about and in yeah. that sense of in that sense of community and in that brotherhood that it forms so yeah I, I definitely agree that it's it's one of the most prominent hockey memories that i will i will have for sure yeah and oh, i for, I, for sure. I just have to say thank you 100 percent to uh the ducks medical staff in that position because if i remember reading right i think there was an article that said they had just practiced like that exact protocol for a scenario like that, I think like a week or a month prior to the whole thing going down with Jay Bowmeister. Uh, and so I obviously... could give insight on that. So they started doing that in late January. 
uh, when you had all the players coming for the AHL All-Star game. And they started doing that around the All-Star break for both the A and the wow. NHL. Okay. And it's, they started doing that in San Diego as well in the first week of February. And they started doing it around Anaheim maybe, yeah, a month before they did another practice, maybe a week or two before it actually happened. Yeah, huh. that, is, that is unbelievable. That's, so that's I eerie. just Yeah, so just shouting out those guys and saying, like, if it wasn't for how fast they acted and obviously practicing – uh, beforehand and knowing exactly what to do in that instance, who knows what could have happened with Jay Bomeister, but I really do think they made a massive impact in and his recovery and how he is today. So I, I, I just that obviously that entire experience was at a loss for words, but I cannot thank the medical staff of the Anaheim Ducks uh, for everything that they did that day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just one more thing before I head off, mm-hmm. I did happen to be at the uh, rain game yesterday and happened to notice that it was a full crowd by that i mean there's no fans it was a full crowd upstairs and downstairs because there happened to be a lot of scouts and one of those happened to be from a team that you cover so just wanted to throw that out there i'm saying the the scouts are out there everybody working for the blues is out there because they're they're talking about it there's mumblings i'm just appreciate it a little locked on exclusive for you there okay jason yeah a little little tidbit Thank you, Jason. You heard it here first. The all wise Jason Hernandez. My guy. <laughs> Thank you. You want to you want to shout you. out your so you want to shout out your socials or anything before you go? Yeah, there you go. Exchange of um, goods. The show's Twitter is on L O underscore Ducks. Guy like Jaden Schwartz could make a lot of sense for the Blues to sell because one, it would shake up the team and really jar them because he is a part of that leadership leadership group. He is a part of this team, uh, has been for a long time now. Uh, and you could potentially go back after him in the offseason during free agency because he is going to be an undrafted free agent. So I think in terms of a wake-up call and the return that you would get, Jaden Schwartz makes a lot of sense. Um, but other than that, like I said, some younger guys uh, maybe that don't make as much money that Buffalo might like. Uh, I don't know. I don't think really anyone is safe because if Doug Armstrong decides to blow up the whole thing, I don't think he's going to, but like he could just be mad and start hitting the nuke button. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. All right. I think we're getting we're running a little long on this one. So before we just so we don't just so you don't have an hour of footage to to sift through <laughs> on me. But I think that's all, that's all the time we got. So thank yeah. you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow or subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you got. Uh, all streaming platforms. Locked on Blues. You can check us out uh, five times a week. You can check us out on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can check me out on Twitter at twelcher15. You can check out Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Yes, Josh, sir. You got anything else? Yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone who hopped on, spoke in the chat, uh, came on and spoke. That was a lot of fun. We that was our yeah. first time we did locker room together. Um, as like an official my first thing. experience. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, that was that really was awesome. sick. That was dope. Yeah. I'd so thank you guys for so sure. much. Couldn't it wouldn't it without it without you guys joining in, jumping in, it would have just been a, another podcast recording for us. So we had a really good time. Thank you guys for the support. Thanks Jason for joining. Thanks Joshua for talking. Um, everyone else, thanks so much. Look look to see this episode. Uh, this turned into a podcast episode probably tonight um, before the game yeah. goes live. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks for hopping on. And as always, let's go Blues. <laughs>